Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Herbert Chapman brought about three titles in a row in the 1930s. They won a League and Cup double in 1971. We've got Anfield 89, a double-double under Arsene Wenger at the turn of the century. An almost Champions League success in 2006. But this is Arsenal, the third most successful club in England. And today, we're ranking the 50 greatest Arsenal players ever. Welcome, and of course, this is a Sports Social Network production. Three days a week, we will be providing podcast for free a ranked list on a tuesday notice nostalgic podcast on wednesday and an even more nostalgic trip down memory lane for the barclays where we will be covering each month of the premier league season from its inception to the present day of course if you want to support the channel you can do so for an extra one pound a month on patreon.com forward slash what if football where we will be providing five days a week content previewing and reviewing the modern day game of football every Friday and Monday as well as providing some nostalgic podcasts the great games podcast the head-to-head podcast as well as a mailbag of all your what if suggestions of course YouTube is where you can find what ifs alternate football histories seven days a week so without further ado let's rank these Arsenal footballers and number 50 it had to be Michael Thomas I have to include Thomas purely based on the fact that he scored quite possibly the most dramatic goal in club history at Anfield 89, the 2-0 win where Arsenal needed to win by two goals at Anfield, something that Liverpool had never done in such a long time through their decades of dominance. And of course, Thomas' career at Highbury factored into other honours such as a second league title in his final season at the club in 1991. 49 Hector Bellerin, a fullback here, as we 
launch into a series of fullbacks. Another right back here, a stylish on and off the pitch, should have probably gone on to win more. Still at the club, although, as we record this, he's on loan at Real Betis. He has appeared in all of Arsenal's most recent FA Cup winning campaigns from 2014 right the way through to 2020. Number 48, Bakary Sagner, another right back, just beating out the likes of Emmanuel Labue, and this is primarily because Sagner won a trophy, overtook Emmanuel Labue at right back, would be part of the winning squad of the 2014 FA Cup title, appeared 284 times for Arsenal, absolute solid defender, perhaps if he'd have stayed should have been a part of what would have been maybe a Premier League title winning team for Arsenal. 47, we've got Peter Simpson, appeared 400 times for the club as centre-half for the double winners in 1971, among other successes in Europe in 1970. 46, we've got Bob John, also appeared 40 times, centre-back for the treble league winners in 1930s. At 45, we've got Andre Arsh, having perhaps more well-known for his four goals at Anfield, had bursts of quality, but overall slightly underachieved. And at 44, Theo Walcott, like Andre Arsh, having really had bursts and quality fits and starts at Arsenal, although now one of the more goaliest Arsenal players scored 108 times, the first of which was a, a goal for Arsenal in the 2007 League Cup final, which put them ahead in that particular game, of course. Being in the time post the Invincibles, Arsenal would go through nine or so years of not winning a trophy, which did mean League Cup final defeats in 2007-2011. Walcott was sort of hitting, he strived to hit multiple peaks, really looked as though he was on the cusp of multiple peaks, got Struck down by injury in 2014 when he was reaching the peak of his powers, really, in that um, FA Cup win over Spurs. He would go on to score 108 goals, winning the FA Cup in 2015. Fortunately, he didn't play in the other two final wins in 2014 through injury and 2017. He was left on the bench. Number 43, William Gallas. And unfortunately for me, the abiding memory for me for Gallas in an Arsenal shirt, which was number 10, which is an absolute shocking decision really by the uh, powers that be at Arsenal at the time, um, was his meltdown at Birmingham City, unfortunately, which in the end kind of was the beginning of the end for Arsenal's title push in 2008. They still haven't won a title, neither had William Gallas at Arsenal. He was part, of course, of the Ashley Cole swap deal, which I never really truly understood for Arsenal's point of view, but of course he was leaving, he was filling a gap left behind by Sol Campbell, who of course is peak of his... Arsenal career was firmly out of the way when Gallas arrived. Number 42, Mark Overmars, a player who didn't really play for Arsenal too long, but he was part of that double winning team in 97-98 under Arsene Wenger. In his first season at the club, he would remain until 2000, but the highlight of his time at Arsenal was, of course, that goal at Old Trafford in late 1998-1998, uh, which went a long way to winning the league leg of that double in 1998 in March or April time of that year. And of course, they would become double winners later on that season. Number 41, Mikel Arteta. And like Overmars, wasn't around for long as a player at least. Still there at the time of recording as a manager. And um, as a player, he managed to stabilise Arsenal as a player in midfield. Some might have viewed it as a panic buy in the wake of the 8-2 defeat in 2011. But, of course, Arteta would go on to uh, captain the squad, captain them in the 2014 FA Cup final, captaining them, of course, to a first trophy in nine years. 
and he would retire and he's now, of course, still Arsenal manager. Number 40, Lauren. Played 47 times in the Invincible season. He was there in the thick of it and like so many others on the lower reaches of this list, one of the more unsung heroes of that Invincibles team. He was playing 250-ish times for Arsenal in amongst their most successful time at fullback, taking over the mantle of Lee Dixon who'd played for Arsenal for so long and uh, won so many things and Lauren stepped into that breach quite admirably really and I don't think Arsenal have had a slew of right backs since of course none more successful in recent times as Lauren. Number 39 Olivier Giroud a great goal scorer probably more a scorer of great goals we've got that scorpion kick to attest to haven't we really Um, quite frankly he was never seen as the man up front for Arsenal, I don't think, or at least going forward, he had to replace Robin Van Persie, who scored more goals than him. He would go on to be loved probably more in um, absence and missed by Arsenal profusely as Giroud went on to beat Arsenal as Chelsea forward in a Europa League final. He would, of course, appear in all three FA Cup wins in the 2010s for Arsenal and scored, scored the final goal in the 2015 final against Aston Villa. Number 38, Peter Storey played well over 400 times for the club, of course part of the double winning team in the 1970-71 season, winning the Intercity's Fairs Cup in 1970-37. Alexis Sanchez, like quite a few on this list I might suspect, won't be fondly remembered at the club now for his um, for his transfer away to Manchester United, but in his time at Arsenal had a fantastic goal return from out wide. In really a time period where Arsenal should have won the title under Wenger, he was part of two FA Cup final winning teams. And let's not forget, he scored in both finals in 2015 and in 2017. Number 36, Lauren Koscielny had quite the inauspicious start to life at the Emirates, fumbled with Wojciech Szczesny for that shocker of an Oberfemi Martins League Cup winner in 2011. But he would bounce back, he would go on to win two FA Cup titles with the club, scored the... Uh, all-important equaliser in 2014's final as well. And I'll stick my neck out here and say it's probably the best centre-half that Arsenal have had in the days that have uh, followed the Invincibles. Number 35, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a member of the 2020 FA Cup winning squad, of course, a current member of the team at the time of recording and release. Um, he would score the winning goals in the final on that day, continues to dig Arsenal out of a hole with um, his goals, a bit like Alexis Sanchez before him and at the time of recording, scored the first goal in the uh, Arsenal's current season with a 1-0 win over Norwich there. Probably ranks higher than a couple of others because I think I feel there's more to come from him. He may win a few more trophies yet at Arsenal, obviously, of course, if he kicks on. Number 34, Ray Parler, a.k.a. It's only Ray Parler. And of course, that famous line uttered by Tim Lovejoy on commentary for the 2002 FA Cup final against Chelsea at Millennium Stadium. Parler, of course, won everything they was to win at the club part of the double-double team. Also played some part in the Invincibles team. He played a lot more fixtures than I remembered anyway. He played 37 times in that season. Of course, he would leave with three league titles, four FA Cups, a League Cup and a cup winner's cup. Those last two from uh, George Graham's final days in charge of the club. Number 33, Mesut Ozil, quite simply one of the finest quality players Arsenal have had in more recent times, should have won more like like Sanchez, like Koscielny, like so many more, should have won the Premier League, but played in each of their three FA Cup title wins between 2014 and 2017. But of course, by the 2020 final, he was banished and would later be um, discarded. 
Ozil was the assist king. Almost broke the Premier League record in his time at in his time at Arsenal in a single season, but unfortunately fell somewhere short of the mark. And that quite simply encapsulates his Arsenal career. Unfortunately, number thirty-two, Jens Lehmann, the man who of course got sent off in the Champions League final in two thousand six. Unfortunately, but a man who took over the number one jersey from. David Seaman, the club's greatest ever goalkeeper, very, very well. Had a couple of scrapes with Didier Drogba, I seem to remember, at Stamford Bridge, which was quite enjoyable from a neutral's point of view. He was a player, though, who seemingly hasn't been easy to replace. You could argue that they haven't yet replaced Lehman, or Seaman for that matter. Um, he was there for the Invincibles and left before times got quite bad, unfortunately, for Arsenal. Number 31, John Radford, scorer of over 100 goals for the club, of course, part of the 1971 double winners team and the 1970 Intercities Fairs Cup team. Number 30, Alan Sunderland, played for the club for seven years, quite possibly will be remembered for that. Cup final goal, the winner against Manchester United in 1979. Number 29, Gilberto Silva. And for me, in a team of a couple of unsung heroes in the Invincible season, Gilberto Silva was absolutely prime candidate for the most unsung hero of that season. Alongside Patrick Vieira in probably the one of the best midfields the Premier League has ever seen with Pires and Lundberg, Vieira in the middle, all those names to come. Uh, Gilberto did the dirty work, it was a rock at the back of um, this midfield in the club's most successful period and will remain a legend for quite some time. Number 28, a man who might not remain such a legend for Arsenal nowadays, Robin Van Persie, far from fondly remembered because of how he left, of course, again to Manchester United off to win a Premier League title in 2012. But in the days of Thierry, after Thierry Henry left and before Bamiyang and Sanchez arrived, Van Persie was the man at Arsenal. He was the best goal scorer they had by some distance. Dug them out of holes continuously. But unfortunately, around this time, born in the wrong era, Arsenal had to move in order to gain success. Number 27, Colo Torre. And Torre, like Gilberto, was one of the unsung names of this Invincibles team and was around before and after winning plenty of honours at the club. Moved on to rivals like Man City and Liverpool, but I think like so many others who left Arsenal, will be still fondly remembered. I get that feeling in my mind, potentially remembered fondly more than most who went to Man City, like, of course, Emmanuel Adebayor, who doesn't rank on this list. <laughs> Number 26, Martin Keown, perhaps possibly more well-known now, um, apart from BBC Punditry, but in terms of his play as a professional footballer, that clothesline on Rude Van Nistelrooy, <laughs> but... Uh, um, the determination of the man, he managed to re-engineer a move to Arsenal after leaving for Everton in his youth and won it all with a club eventually part of the double-double team in 98 and 2002. Would be higher, but he probably took more of a backseat role for what would be a better centre-half in his time. You saw Campbell's, you Tony Adams's, you Steve Bold's. And number 25, Ashley Cole, would be higher on this list like Keown, but for different reasons. If he had stayed at the club, of course, he was involved in that swap deal to bring William Gallas to the club. And it seemed as though Ashley Cole would be Arsenal's left-back for a long, long time. Suited Arsenal to a T in the early days when they were extremely successful, but ultimately Ashley Cole, I feel now, will feel ultimately vindicated as now he's won the absolute lot. Whilst his final game for Arsenal was the 2006 Champions League final defeat, I feel as though that encapsulated his frustrations with the way Arsenal were going and would go, to be fair, in the next decade, whilst he, of course, would win the Champions League, which Arsenal failed to do, and numerous FA Cups and the Premier League. 
number 24, we've got George Armstrong, a winner for a winger and a winner, to be fair, a winger for Arsenal's successes in the 70s, played over 500 games for the club. He's one of their most tenured players. And Bob Wilson at number 23, a goalkeeper turned presenter, part of the 70s team that was so successful. And apart from one man, the best goalkeeper Arsenal had. At number 22, we've got Saul Campbell, his signing, the first big Bosman signing in England, you have to say. Obviously, the nature of it um, led him to be proclaimed as Judas as he swapped Spurs for Arsenal in North London. Um, but like Cole, really, immediately vindicated with the double. And of course, two years later with the Invincibles, so many other trophies, really, in between the FA Cups, even aside of those. Really, he's one of those final players that Arsenal poached from other clubs in a time that they would become the hunted rather than the hunters. Campbell, of course, the scorer of Arsenal's only ever goal in a Champions League final as well. Number 21, Nigel Winterburn, part of that fabled back four that George Graham built so well in the late 80s. Saw it all, he saw domestic success plenty at the turn of the decade before, of course, winning in Europe with the Cup Winners' Cup in 1994. He did stick around for the Arsene Wenger reign to win, of course, the double in 1998. Of course, one of the best left-backs around in the early Premier League days. And we'll take a quick break before we unveil number 20 to number one in the greatest Arsenal players ever. Welcome back. Did you like those adverts? Well, number 20 of, again, the greatest Arsenal players were now at number 20, which is George Graham. And of course, George Graham, a Scottish man, will be remembered more now for Arsenal for his managerial days winning the lot. But he did play 250 times as a player for the Gunners in, again, another successful period, the 70s, of course. The Fairs Cup in 1970, the double in 71. At that time, the double was far more rare than what it is now. The double then in 1971 was only the second achieved in the 20th century. Obviously, before Preston North End in the 19th century, Tottenham Hotspur in 61, and obviously Arsenal in 71. Number 19... Alan Smith and a man now that played a part in George Graham's finest hour in his professional career at Anfield 89. You may remember Michael Thomas, but Alan Smith got the first goal that day and was just so reliable reliable for his club, scoring 115 goals in 347 games just outside the top 10 in Arsenal's greatest goal scorers. He would, of course, score important goals, perhaps no more so important apart from Anfield 89 than the 1994 Cup Winners' Cup final goal, the winner against Palmer. Number 18, Cesc Fabregas, the big game player, wasn't invincible in his earlier days, let's not forget. Arsenal fans might not like that he left like so many, of course, and then went to Chelsea, which unforgivable for some, but he left because Arsenal had become stale and Barcelona at the time was very, very prosperous. Of course, let's not forget he scored a penalty against Barcelona with nearly a broken leg, so let's not forget that one. Number 17, Aaron Ramsey, and again, a player for the big occasions. Again, broke his leg, uh, but in a far crueler way, which left him out for a long, long time. He would recover, to his credit, and would score the winning goals in the 2014 and 2017 FA Cup Finals trophies that at that time for Arsenal. They were so thirsty for, they needed trophies like that so much at the time. Of course, Ramsey would play a part in all three of those FA Cup winning teams before leaving for Juventus. Number 16, Freddie Lundberg, another player for the huge occasion, really. Domestically, a huge occasion around the time when he started the 98-99 season. 
usually meant they'd score against Man United as they both were at loggerheads for domestic honours, the FA Cup, the Premier League, etc. Lundberg would win his first honours at Arsenal in the double winning season of 2002 before continuing into, of course, the Invincibles year and leaving around the time of the Emirates Stadium move. A wide playmaker for Arsenal, really, who was, for me, one of the better players that Arsenal had of his time and growing up as a Man United fan, is probably, even though he's used to score against United a lot, probably one of my favourite of Arsenal's players, if you can really have one of those of your greatest rivals, really. Number 15, Paul Merson, and for me, probably a blend of the previous two he won big games like cup finals, the 1993 League Cup final, a bit like um, Aaron Ramsey there. And he was up for Young Player of the Year in his time at the club. And he had the flair of Freddie Lundberg as well, of course. Of course, he was part of the George Graham era side that was just so successful in the uh, turn of the 80s and 90s. And of course, the uh, inception of the Premier League. Number 14, Lee Dixon, and Dixon is our second member of that famed back four. Stuck around, though, to win uh, two doubles in Arsene Wenger's time before retiring, and only Tony Adams out of that back four did likewise, with both departing in 2002. He would appear at Anfield in 89, of course, Dixon and Tony Adams, stalwarts of their own right, and Lee Dixon played quite simply ridiculous 618 times for Arsenal, the fourth most in Arsenal colours. Number 13, Robert Perez, an absolutely astounding player. Just to encapsulate him, go check the way Andy Gray applauds in the Sky Sky Sports commentary box against Aston Villa, lobbing Peter Schmeichel. Fantastic goal, fantastic player. What a player. There's only a few better of his time at Arsenal, and given that he was in the best time for Arsenal as a football club, most successful time, he has to rank in the top 15 just out, just misses out on that top 10. Uh, it's a shame, though, that his time ended with a sacrifice because of Lehman's red card in the Champions League final. Scored some superb goals, but in the same breath, also was involved in that Manchester City penalty that Daniel Mills loved so much, didn't he? Number 12, David O'Leary. He is the most tenured Arsenal player ever, simply. He played 722 times for the clubs, which is simply daft numbers. Stuck around for the George Graham days, played sweeper in uh, a changed back five for Arsenal. Then it's uh, Anfield with the title win in 1989. Obviously, around this stage, he was taking more of them back seat to the usual back four, which would stick around to the late 90s to some 2002. He was around for around about 20 years, missed the double side of the 70s, really, and of course, missed the Wenger years. And ultimately missed out on European honours. He was part of the team that got to the 1980 Cup Winners' Cup final against Valencia, for example. But um, in the end, he won two League Cups. He won two FA Cups and he won two league titles as well. Number 11, David Seaman, just finishing out beside our top 10. Quite simply, the finest goalkeeper Arsenal ever had. Joined for the league title win in 1991, taking over Lukic, of course, in goal for Arsenal. He won all... All the cups imaginable, the 1993 Domestic Cup double, the 1994 Cup Winners' Cup final as well, famously failed um, in the uh, game against Rails Aragoth the, the season after, famously, but of course he would roar back winning the double of 98, winning the double of 2002, and after a while he did get replaced, but he was probably in the top five Premier League goalkeepers of all time. As we speak today, maybe different in 10 years or so, but of his time, definitely battling the likes of Peter Schmeichel as the best ever Premier League goalkeeper in the 90s and early 2000s. Number 10, David Rowcastle. 
like a man who is to come. He's immortalised at the Emirates Stadium now. Um, injury cruelly cut short his time at Arsenal, leaving in 1992 with the inception of the Premier League. He left for Leeds United and his career really, unfortunately, wouldn't take off after that. But he would be around for successes like the League Cup in 1987. He would win two league titles, most famous of which was in 1989. And if he was injury free, he would have been one of England and Arsenal's greatest ever players, but just sneaks into our top 10 here. Number nine, Liam Brady, again, immortalised at the Emirates. Unfortunately, born into the wrong era at Arsenal, slightly like David Rowcastle there. But there's a good reason why he's immortalised on that side of the Emirates. He's one of the best players I've ever had. If he'd joined in the early 1970s for the double winning team, he would have been one of the best. Still, though, he won the FA Cup in 1979. And unfortunately, he's only only honour at Highbury. Number eight, Pat Rice. Maybe now more well-known for being Arsene Wenger's right-hand man in the dugout, but a great servant for the club on and off the pitch, played over 400 times for the club. Of course, being a player in the 70s, he won a lot domestically and, of course, won the Fairs Cup in 1970, which is now known as the Europa League. Number seven, Cliff Bastin, and not too much of a household name, but Bastin back in the day, he was the man that scored the majority of the calls for Herbert Chapman's teams as Arsenal run amok in the 1930s, becoming the second team to win the English league title three times in a row. And by the time he retired, he scored the most goals in Arsenal history too, only because not in the top one or two now, because there's two more men to come in our top five that came around and broke his records. Number six, Steve Bold and just just missing out on that top five, the third member of that great back four. One that unfortunately wouldn't stick around for Wenger's second double in 2002, but he was there in 98. He was, of course, all there for the George Graham successes in the early 90s. And, of course, played a huge, huge part for the defensive solidity that won the leagues in 1989 and 1991. And one of the greatest centre-halves easily that Arsenal have ever had. Number five... Ian Wright, the man that broke into football so late that came from Crystal Palace that had to overcome so much that was so determined to make his big break, got that big break to move with his friend David Rowcastle to Arsenal, became Arsenal's record goalscorer, beating Cliff Bastin, of course. In his final season at Arsenal, he stayed just about long enough to win something substantial in Wenger's first double in 1998, ensuring that he would be immortalised. Goals aside, of course. Number four, Patrick Vieira and Vieira, seen a lot at Arsenal, joined when Arsene Wenger was just to be announced. He joined a record break in Arsenal side defensively, of course, with that back four. I've been banging on about all episode. And he, of course, won the double in 98, won the double in 2002. And just about the second greatest captain that the club ever had. He was, of course, an invincible. Maybe if he'd have stayed for the uh, 2005-06 season, he'd have won the Champions League. But he would, with his last kick as an Arsenal player, win the FA Cup in 2005. Number three, Dennis Bergkamp. Perhaps one of the most skillful players that this country has ever seen. Definitely the best in terms of skill that Arsenal has ever seen. From the wonderful goals that he's got at Leicester City, the hat-trick there in 97, the, the pirouette against Newcastle, to his continued forming behind as a number 10 in the greatest period that Arsenal had ever had with a foil like Thierry Henry. Dennis Bergkamp definitely deserves a podium place here and he's immortalised in Dennis Bergkamp Day, which Arsenal celebrates every year. 
Number two, Tony Adams, the fourth and final member of that defence, just about edging Steve Bald out narrowly. He was like so many of that back line around the around for the success of George Graham and of course around for, for Arsene Wenger. But on a personal note, to have overcome so much in his personal life in the early to mid-90s and still roar back to the success that he had under Wenger to summon it all up against Everton in 98 is an absolute testament to the... Uh, the nature to the character of Tony Adams is Arsenal's greatest ever captain, uh, one of the best, most sturdiest England captains that this country's ever seen as well. And of course, saw it all for Arsenal, won the lot. Number one, Thierry Henry, of course, it had to be really the greatest ever Arsenal captain, followed by Arsenal's greatest ever player, of course, their record goal scorer. When he joined from Juventus in the late 1990s, he didn't look, really look cut out for Premier League football. He'd be misused in certain clubs, playing on the left, playing through the middle. He didn't know what his best position was. And seemingly like a switch with that goal against Manchester United in the early stages of the 2000-2001 season, he's transformed into one of the best players, best goal scorers in world football. He's won the record amount of Premier League golden boots, even more than Alan Shearer. He's won four. Stands alone in that respect. And he dragged Arsenal to so many successes in the early 2000s. Of course, the the FA Cup in 2002, in 2003, the league in 2004, of course, and 2002, more FA Cups in 2005, and dragged Arsenal so close. The precipice of glory, almost on his own, in the Champions League in 2006. If Arsene Wenger was the man to drag Arsenal into domestic success for the 21st century... Against all odds, against Mourinho, against Ferguson, Thierry Henry was the man on the pitch that almost dragged Arsenal to European success. He got the goals against Sparta Prague with the outside of his foot. The goal against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu was just breathtaking and of course should have won the Champions League with Arsenal. Of course he would go on to win it with Barcelona at the time, but his peak years, his best years, his best work was easily done at Arsenal. And he even came back for one last run to uh, knock Legion United out of the FA Cup in 2012 and signed off with a goal at the Stadium of Light. And quite simply, is the uh, one of the greatest players that England have ever seen grace its shores domestically and the greatest Arsenal player ever. One of the greatest Premier League players ever at that as well. So that is the 50 greatest Arsenal players ever ranked. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with another slice of nostalgia with the Notice Nostalgia podcast tomorrow. And we'll be taking a look at the Barclays and the end of the 1992-93 season, the first ever season. Of course, if you are enjoying podcasts like this, join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash whatitfootball, wherefore just the small sum of £1 a month, you can get five additional pieces of content per week. We'll be previewing and reviewing all the stuff from the football current day, as well as providing nostalgic podcasts about fantastic games from the past, pitting two players in a head-to-head podcast, and our bread and butter, what if alternate football histories every week in a small, easily digestible mailbag, as well as, of course, seven what-if alternate football universes one a day on YouTube in perpetuity. Next week, though, we've got 50 more greatest players from one establishment. That establishment being Brazil's national team. That should be an absolute 
headache to compile, but we'll be back next Tuesday with that one. Until then, see you Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.